Hi. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm good. Does this audio sound okay? I don't want to get too excited, but I think it does. Yeah, I think it does too. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Seriously. I think I just waited too long to update my phone. And Mm -hmm. then uh, I think Apple starts to sabotage your life. They do. Yeah. It's part of their strategy. Wait, you did not go get a new phone. No, I didn't. No. Okay. I, I was like, I, cause I test, I tested, um, this podcast, like audio app that we used last night. I tested it with Derek because I was like, I swear to God, if, <laughs> if there's like background noise, clicking things happening, I'm going to have to go get a new phone. And it was fine. Oh, good. Actually, it was clicking when he talked, and he hasn't updated his phone, and I was like, oh, that's obviously what it is. Yeah, so it's it's the update. That's actually good to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm so excited about our conversation today. I know. I know. I'm going to um, – so we got a suggestion. A welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Haley. I like to do an introduction formally, if I remember. Um, you do. We got a suggestion from our friend, Ken Davis, who every time I like say I'm friends with her, I'm like, I'm literally friends with a famous person. Like, I'm so blessed. (laughs) That's how I feel. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm allowed to say that. But here we are. Like, actually, she's like the coolest person ever. She's also as cool as she is. She's that much more kind. And she's the best sort of human you could ever want to know so I totally I get what you're saying where you're like I'm so privileged (laughs) I like when we text I'm like she's texting me back I know like (laughs) I know she likes me we're friends so funny um so Ken's works with a lot of stylists she has a uh, coaching program and We were kind of chatting it in a group chat and asked if any of the girls in our group chat who are all stylists or foremost, former stylists, we asked if they had any suggestions or were like dealing with stylists that had any specific type of issues. And Ken's had a great suggestion. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pull it up really quick and just to read it. She said... Oh, I wrote it down. Oh, perfect. You read it. Okay. So her recommendation was just that if we could talk about how stylists, and I feel like it's especially in our industry, it might be other industries, but I feel like we feel it more because of the space we're in. But just because somebody else is winning and doing well in our minds, we automatically think that it takes away from our opportunity and potential success. And I don't think it matters at what point you are in your career, whether it's you're in the very beginning or you are in a space where you've even evolved from, you know, working or focusing your growth behind the chair and you're venturing into something new. There really is this scarcity mindset and it's something, I don't know about you, Han, but I've had to constantly check myself, constantly um, from becoming that person or go back, going back into those old scarcity thoughts of, well, it rather like almost competition instead of, no, I just like need to do me. I need to understand me and I need to understand the people who connect to me. And those are the people I'm going to attract instead of looking at every single person as a competitor. You said it very, very well. And it when you were explaining it, I think I'm sure other people felt this way too. You kind of explained it in like two different ways. So it's almost like, I think that's why it's so tricky too, because it really is two different things. It is our insecurities and our, and naturally, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we are all like, <clears throat> we're all allowed to be insecure because 
that's just the nature of being human. That's like totally normal. So I think it's that. And then, um, you know, just like getting down on ourselves or, or thinking like, what should I be doing better? You know, what am I doing wrong? And I also think there's a very valid side of it, which is the actual need for money, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that when you, even if you're, you have the healthiest mindset ever and you are really working hard on, um, you know, standing in your own lane and not feeling uh, not feeling like envious of other people. Sometimes we're just poor, you know, like sometimes we're just like really feeling our bills closing in on us. Like I've been in that situation before. Yeah. And I, I think that puts you in a whole other space to be vulnerable, to fall into the trap of like, I don't have enough. How do I get more? Let me see what somebody else is doing that, you know, you think you want to be doing or whatever. And then kind of beating yourself up in this like boxing ring, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it is hard. And I think, I think we have to address like both sides of it where one side of it is just truly our like mindset with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then one side of it is maybe something that could be preventable, like, working on money management skills, you know, things like that, like making better decisions totally. in different ways. Absolutely. Um, like I never really thought about it. Cause I feel like we think about it all together as one, like scarcity mindset. It's just like, if you believe that there's enough, there is enough. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, kind of, but Hannah, I think we should almost like, because we know what scarcity mindset is, but there are probably, there's probably someone listening who maybe doesn't necessarily know even what a scarcity mindset means. They may not even be aware that these thoughts are like preventable. That's (laughs) so true. You know? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I didn't know what it was until I did like hair training. I'd never (laughs) heard anybody really talk about like the phrase scarcity mindset. Do you have like a good definition for it or do you, I feel like you're more, you're going to be better at explaining this. Yeah. So, and if you've never heard of it, there's your scarcity mindset and then your, your abundance mindset. And a lot of times your scarcity mindset comes from not even you necessarily. It's how you were brought up. It's how you, the people around you, not just speak about money, but they speak about success or the things that you are excited about or wanting to do. Right. Um, it can be, it really can be surrounding anything. So when we're referring to a scarcity mindset amongst stylists right now, I feel like this is especially prevalent in any stylist looking at the people around them as competition. So the mindset is, okay, if they're getting new clients, that's taking away from the clients that I could potentially have. You have a scarcity around around bringing new clients in more than likely you also have scarcity surrounding money and until you address those issues and and the deeper root of where that comes from that's going to more than likely be something you will always struggle with versus feeling more abundant with your clients money all of that you're going to realize as you work through this that there are enough clients to go around. There is enough money to go around and really understanding that when you become and start feeling comfortable in to be yourself, to put yourself out there, you're going to attract the people who connect with that. And the people who don't connect with that, aren't going to be your clients. They're not going to be your friends. They're not going to be your people. And that is okay. But, and you don't want them. You don't want them. The whole goal, I think, and premise of what we have talked about over the years is that not everybody is your client and that is okay, but this is a part of that, right? Being so scared or being so worried about where that next dollar is coming from, where that next client is coming from. If you are so threatened by what everyone else is doing, you're going to constantly be be comparing yourself 
to the stylist down the street, you're going to constantly be wondering what they're doing that's working for them versus what should I be doing differently? You know, it's, it's almost putting blame on some outside source for your pain when the situation that you are currently in right now is a reflection of you, your mindset, and the work you've done inside of both yourself as a human and your business. And so when you can acknowledge that, okay, maybe I do have some scarcity right now around money and around how I'm getting clients, it allows you to take ownership of it and you can do something about it. You can fix it. It's yeah. very, very fixable. But knowledge, yeah, and until you acknowledge it exists, <laughs> you're going to find yourself in this wheel, this like rat race wheel of, of like shittiness all around. I don't know if that was a good job of explaining it or not, but. No, that was perfect. I think it, when you said ownership, I was like, I think it's mostly, no, that was perfect about ownership and it's a victim mentality. Like that's how I look at it. So instead of, which is so easy to fall into, especially like you were saying, Haley, I think a victim mentality or a woe is me or a why does this always happen to me or why do good things always happen to other people? I think those types of, of thought patterns, unfortunately, are given to us through our families and I think that makes it, I think that's why it's so hard to do, undo those types of, um, thought patterns, but it's, I mean, I've definitely like undone them. I was, um, raised in a household where like constantly my, both my mom and dad would say things like we're poor, Uh you know, and it's like, that's a perfect example of okay, well, basically you're manifesting that number one, just by saying it. And also like comparatively, we're not poor, I guess, you know, like, like poor is not a objective word. It's like compared to what? And also like you can do a lot with a little bit and have a better, you can frame it better and have a better mindset about it. And like, start to not only feel better, but then act differently if you, you know, spin things positively. So I don't think it's necessarily about, it's, it's a, I think it's an easy way for Silas to, to put off doing something about their own life. Totally. By, by living in this mindset. I think it's, um, it's an easy way to just be like, I don't understand why everyone else has so much or whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, like that attitude right there is why. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you can't be a victim. You have to, if you want a piece of the pie, you have to like be willing, you know what I mean? To, to like ask for your own piece. Mm-hmm. I think too, sorry, there was one more thing that popped up in my head. Oh, I think, ladies, you have to fucking stop looking at other people's hair accounts. Like, you have to get off Instagram. You have to get off, like, TikTok. It's just, it's so unhealthy. It's such a waste of time. It literally is the biggest waste of time to, in my opinion, to just fucking sit there and look at other people's like hair accounts just get off go yeah. like make your own content like it's not you don't you don't need to like even like base it around someone else's like just be original just be weird it's just so toxic and every single time I look at like a hair account I just feel bad yeah I literally do. I'm like, my work is so pretty. I know what I'm doing. I don't have anything like to prove and this doesn't feel good. Yep. And so, yeah, I've like gotten, I've gotten really, really good at just not even my friends. It's just like, it's not, I know, I know how to support and love my friends that do hair, you know, in ways that like, don't take me down a rabbit hole of 
clicking on someone else's page once I get onto their page, you know? Right. Well, it goes back to the, the framework of you have to become a content creator instead of a content consumer and being intentional with your time is imperative. Scrolling will screw you, honestly, every time. Like you said, it, it fills your mind with this comparative game. For me, I can't scroll because I, I don't want someone else's post to not, not influence me in a bad way, but I'm like, I, I need to be true to what I know my audience is asking for and what they want versus if I see what somebody else creates, am I going to try to use that as inspiration? And while you're in the beginning of content creation, that can be really, really helpful. But the thing that's going to be more helpful is understanding your current clients, their struggles, their problems, what they need to see from you to, to solve those problems. And then as that starts growing and you start finding your voice, you really do start realizing, okay, I don't need to see anybody else's content to make content for the people who need to hear it from me. But we're worried about other stylists who aren't even looking at your shit anyways. You're worried about what they're doing or what, what they're going to think if they put it out there when at the end of the day, we're all just worried about our own shit. We're all just worried about talking to our people. And that's all you should be focused on too. I, we, we talk about this a ton in coaching, a ton. Cause it's like, well, I just get like sucked down the rabbit hole of, of watching and seeing. And it's like, okay, you could be using, no wonder Instagram is overwhelming and stressful to you. You could be using that time so much more efficiently, so much more efficiently. And when you start building your social media content based off of your ideal client, instead of based off what everybody else is doing on social media, you know that every post is going to hit in some way. It may not get a ton of likes. It may not get a ton of views, but it's going to hit with the people that are paying your bills. And that's the thing that matters. Not, it doesn't matter to me what Hannah thinks of my content. It doesn't. I love Hannah. Her, I value her opinion. But right now, Hannah isn't, isn't paying my bills. So if Hannah comes to me and says, Haley, I think that was like, you know, a shitty post. I'm going to be like, okay, Hannah, thank you. But the girls that I work with or potentially are going to work with, they loved it. So I love you. Thank you so much for your feedback. But right now it's, I know who I'm talking to. Also, I would just never like, it's like the people that matter. (laughs) Yeah. No, the people that matter, like, aren't, don't feel that way because like, no, we, if somebody's your actual real life like connection and friend the shame on them if they're being a dick and if someone is like a client or someone who's paying your bills then you need to be like you said you only need to be talking to them no one cares about you as much as you care about you I will literally I just put it on my tombstone I literally say it like all the time yeah we're all just little baby narcissists and that's okay that's how we're supposed to be we are supposed to be in our own lane like focused on our own shit, taking care of our own households, you know, like figuring out our own relationships. We don't need to be sniffing around other people's stuff. And honestly, we really don't for the most part. We're all pretty self-involved in normal ways. So it is honestly pretty psychotic that we think that anyone spends that much time like critiquing us or caring. And if they do, they're psychos. They're, like, they're not your people. And, and anybody doing well, creating social media content, they will never shit on you for the content you're creating because they know how hard it is for one. They know how vulnerable you have to be and they know how uncomfortable it can be. So anybody taking the time, a coworker, um, the stylist down the street to make comments about what you're doing on social media, that it, that says and their scarcity mindset than about what you are doing because anybody that is worth that you 
look up to or is doing their own thing, creating their own content, they're going to applaud you and pat you on the back. Yeah. And those aren't people that you want in your circle anyways. So why the hell do you care? And again, this is one of those deeper things. There's a deeper issue. Why do you have to figure out why you care what that person thinks or says? Because that, that person is not somebody you want in your world at all. I feel so strongly about this. I do too. Just because it's, it's, we, because this is like our only precious life and to waste it with hours and hours that add up to days and weeks of us. And I've done it and you've done it. That's why we feel so passionately about it because like we've wasted our precious lives, you know, our time caring and critiquing ourselves and beating ourselves up, you know, about things that legit just don't even matter. And people that it's not that they don't matter. It's that their opinions don't matter. Mm-hmm. And opinions are are like the squirrely little things too. Like I cannot even tell you how many time I, times I changed my opinion about something in like a year, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, like in a moment I'm sitting at home and I have really bad period cramps and I have, and I need a pedicure and I'm just like feeling gross. And then I have a, an opinion about something that's like, me just being a jerk because I'm operating from, you know what I mean? It's like it, and you know, a week later when I feel better, I have a different opinion about the same thing because I'm operating from a different space. It's it's like nothing is written in stone ever. And also like, it's just so important to stay in your own space and, and like mind your own business truly. Yeah. Um, so much easier said than done. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I do think, I do think the biggest part for me at least was, and, and, you know, to be honest, I'm not going to say that, um, getting off Instagram, it's that like double-edged sword kind of, because it's like, I mean, if I wasn't in the place I was at with clients and stuff, I would still have to actively be like forging for new clients. So I do understand. And I have been in this place where you have to still get on and post and be that creator, like you were saying, but Mm -hmm. then you have to be very mindful about not consuming too much. I've juggled that. I just think it gets harder and harder and harder every, literally every single day that goes on because things are just set up to be more enticing, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, to, um, keep you on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I've almost like, I, you know, I literally use Instagram just for pure pleasure at this point. I pop on and like check things and post stuff, but I, I will miss messages and not get back to people. And I have to be okay with that because like that makes my life not on purpose, obviously, but like, just because I'm not super active on there anymore, it Mm -hmm. it's healthier for me. But I do have to, you have to understand kind of what you're doing, you know? Totally. Well, and I think that is another thing to think about hand, like where you're like, I'm using Instagram for pure pleasure. If, if stylists would get back to utilizing Instagram that way and just having fun with it, they would be shocked at the clients they would start attracting. That's, it's so true. I mean, the last year, I don't really, like, I'm not actively marketing myself in a way that looks like any type of marketing. I'm just being myself. I'm just, like, literally throwing things out there. Like, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm doing. And I still get new clients. Like, it's insane. I'm not, you know, once you have so many hair pictures up Mm -hmm. or so many videos, it's like what, you know, I get that you're playing the algorithm. You want to pop up on, on things. You want to be on the explore page, all that kind of stuff. But like, at, at what point Haley, like, do you really, are you really like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it's, it, it comes in phases and we, 
we both have created businesses that we are proud of and we love and are working for us, but that wasn't always the case. And so we did have that time where it was, you have to post on Instagram every single day and you have to be active in your stories every single day. And it had to be with intention But you also have to realize if you can make that sacrifice for maybe a year or two years where, and and there always is a little bit of a give, right? You can't have the next thing without losing something, whether it's your time, whether it's your whatever. And if you're already spending the time on Instagram scrolling, why with it and creating? That's the thing that gets me. It's, If you're going to not be on Instagram, then just don't be on Instagram. But if you're going to be wasting time on there, you may as well be be creating valuable content. You may as well put some effort into it instead of just mindlessly consuming it. So you have to sacrifice that time of and know, okay, every day I'm posting on my feed. Every day I'm sharing a picture of my face And I'm going to do two story slides where I'm talking about something. Every post on my feed, this is like literally what I talk about in coaching. So if you don't have a pen and paper, get one out right now because I'm giving you shit I charge a lot of money for. for I was about to say, this is the formula. (laughs) Pay attention. Every post until you are at a place where your business is where you envisioned it being, every post ties back to hair and you post every day. Every day, I don't, you don't give me an excuse. I don't care what it is. You can take four minutes and make a post. Every day, you start your day with a good morning selfie. There is a study out that if you show your face as the first slide of the day, your stories are going to perform infinitely better than anything else. Don't start with a talking video. Start with a cute little picture of your face. You will notice a pattern if you have watched my content for any amount of time. I always have my face in my first slide of the day. And then from there, two talking stories minimum. Show your face, talk on your stories. If you're not going to talk on your stories, like show the hair you're doing and explain what you're doing and point your finger and talk, speak. Also use a filter if you just look beat because it's like no one cares. No just one put your face on there, slap a little filter on and keep it moving. Literally. But I will cares. tell you, I will tell you, your audience will appreciate it more if you don't use a filter. Use a filter if you have to, but people are going to connect with you so much more if you don't. But I, I like at first I feel like yeah. that's what stops people a lot because it they're is. just like it it, even I'm like, I gotta I gotta get my shit together before I put my face on here but like I look beat (laughs) literally literally but until you get comfortable like now I don't care I'm I literally the biggest filter I use is like the Paris like softening filter on pictures yep but um wipe to Paris yeah but that's like a joke between our our blogger friends we'll be like snap your pic swipe to Paris (laughs) oh I love Paris that's my it's like just soft enough but it's still kind of real you know yeah yeah um uh oh until you get comfortable just seeing yourself talk or talking to your phone put a put a stupid sparkly like heart in the background filter on just so you can get comfortable I feel like I used to do that kind of stuff just because I was like so uncomfortable looking at myself yeah and talking and then and then you stop to care or stop caring and then you do it so much it's just like driving a car and you're just like yeah whatever yeah it is what it is and don't watch your stories back don't want your don't watch it if you hate how you look if you hate how you sound upload it and leave it oh my don't god sometimes i'm literally <laughs> is i like watching my stories <laughs> Hand sa- I'm my own biggest fan. Me? No, what? I'm my I'm my biggest fan too. Like I love watching my shit back. I'm like, like oh my gosh. gosh, those earrings look so cute on me. Like who wouldn't like me? But again, I think it's because like you, it took you a long time to get to that place. You're I would yes, yeah. you're proud of the work that has gone into you being able to be comfortable, even when you're stuttering over your words or you feel like you're so annoying 
it takes balls to put yourself out there like that. And again, are the people talking shit about you? Are they putting themselves out there like that? Because until they are, their opinion shouldn't matter. Because the second they start doing it, they're going to shut up and they're going to be like, wow, I get why this was so uncomfortable for her. I'm kind of an asshole because I was making fun of her. So put your face on your story, do two talking videos at minimum, and then fill the rest with clips of your day. My friend Sarah, uh, she's her Instagram's the mom in style. She's my blogger friend. She talks about it in the in the form of episodes. So create little episodes throughout your day. You have your morning episode, and then you have your afternoon episode, and then you have your evening episode. So fill the rest of the day with tiny clips of what you're doing. And when you're clipping your day, think of the things that you and your favorite clients, your absolute favorite clients that you're like, if I had a hundred of this girl, I would want her in my chair. And if I could recreate her, this is what my, I would want my whole entire clients hell to be like, think about the things you have in common and the things you talk about. I'm not kidding you. This is like my whole entire strategy. So write this down, post those things. So if you are really good advice, if you are a plant person and your favorite client, Becky, loves plants too. Post your, post your plants in your story because more Beckys are going to, to find you. Or if you are a hiker and you go on a hike every Friday, bet your ass that hike better be in your Instagram stories, right? So think of it this way, right? Your feed is for hair and your feed is for getting attention, Okay. You, that reel you post may be the first and only interaction somebody gets with you. What is going to make them want to follow you or continue to see you or interact with you? So that, that's your hair. That's how you hook them in. Your stories is where they get to know you on a personal level. And that is going to be what sells them on you and the service you're offering every day. It's all through your stories. Rarely mm-hmm. are you going to get somebody who watches your real once clicks on it and says, yep, I want hair extensions right now. They're going to see your reel. They're going to probably check the comments. They're probably going to click on your feed. They might not even follow you, but maybe the next time they see you pop up again, they're going to see you probably tomorrow when you're posting every day, they see you pop up again. And this time you post something funny that makes them laugh and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll follow her. And now, now they're in your funnel. Now they're watching you. And guess where they're going to start going next to see more of you because they've already determined that they like you. They go to your stories and that's where you get to share your personality. So think if you're the stylist who's only posting once or twice a week or once or twice a month, they're never seeing you. You're never popping up. There's never new eyes on you. And then when they do find you because, okay, maybe you have this stunner of a hair post that takes their breath away. Okay, cool. They follow you. But then what? If your hair is, your feet is just hair. They know nothing about you. That's all you're posting about. And then you don't show up in your stories at all. They why? don't even know that you have a pit bull and they have a pit bull and you guys are about to be best friends. Like, why would they want to book with you? You're a hundred percent right hand. Why yeah. the hell would they want to book with you? They don't know you versus if they follow you and one other hairstylist and that hairstylist is showing up in her stories and she's talking every day and she's teaching them how to style their extensions and she's providing them value and telling them what products to use or sharing a funny story about what happened when her bead slipped and how she had to go get it fixed. And it was this crazy emergency. And then how she went shopping after that and got this really cute shirt. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I need a cute shirt. Like which stylist are you picking? And she's a cat person. You won't even have as much fun with her, you know? Yeah. But you're still going to go to her because that's what I mean. Because nobody knows that you're a dog person and that they would like your ideal client doesn't know. Like they Mm -hmm. don't know. They need to know. We make, you know? we make it so much harder than it actually needs to be where if you could just be yourself, if you could go back to social media, like in the Facebook and MySpace days of where you just put any and everything out there and still kind of do that, but a little bit different, like you, you would honestly probably have more luck now than just posting your hair pictures at this point. Like nobody gives a fuck about your hair pictures anymore. They really, no, they really, really don't. don't. You and need, like, five good hair pictures on in, like, two years worth of content, and people are like, okay, sweet. She can do hair. And yep. moving on. What else is great about her? Yeah. Well, and think about the climate we're in right now. And I think we've already talked about this, too. Like, people are 
they want to spend money within businesses that have similar values, right? So if, if you're posting and a lot of the things that people, you know, they don't want to talk about religion, they don't want to talk about politics, they don't want to talk about whatever, but people now are realizing that where they spend their money, it matters. And so they want to spend money with people who share the same values that they do. And no wonder you're not attracting your ideal clients because your clients don't know anything about you. They don't know your values. So, I mean, think of everything going on with like Bud Light and, and what that has done and like how that has just created this insane shitstorm for them because of one of their marketing campaigns, right? Like people care, people care where their money goes. And if you think as a small business, you are an exception to that, sit down, check your ego because you are not. People want to spend their money with people they like, they trust, and they are in alignment with. That's a good distinction to make too. And I I do think that that gets tricky, at least for me. Well, it's not tricky for me, but I see other people like kind of probably navigating things um, with like politics and things like that. It's like religion I do think is different because like I, I do think people gravitate towards and you can do religion in a tasteful way on okay. social media. Right. Um, and also I think we're in America, we're all very exposed to um, and, and, uh, we tolerate other people's religion pretty well for the most part. So I don't think that's like a big deal, but I do think especially coming up like with, um, with politics, like coming up to elections and stuff, I think there's a way, I do not think that you should like openly go hard one way or the other on social media. Just personally, I feel that, but I do think that if you get to know a client, then yes, absolutely. Like share tidbits or opinions that you have. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good look. And I also don't think it's beneficial to be like really political on your social media. I, I agree because for me, like I personally, I don't give a shit what your political views are. I can like you, whether you believe the same thing or you don't. And what I have found is even my ideal clients who we align on so many other ways maybe our politics are the only things that we aren't in alignment on and it's just something we don't discuss and that's totally okay but I think you can also share tidbits in a tasteful way of of the things that are important to you without being without necessarily ramming it down somebody's throat or making them just like being aggressive with it you know what I mean I think there are ways you can subtly share I think there are because you have to you assume and we all make assumptions right whether they're right or wrong you share certain things you can make a few assumptions on where somebody stands within their beliefs in their life and that's totally fine and you can just choose okay that's somebody I want to support or that's somebody that I I don't or it's I that doesn't make or break it for me I know for me it doesn't make or break for me so like, will I share things that I'm like, oh, if somebody was really wondering where I f- stood, they could insinuate that from this. But I'm also aware that if I come out and say X, Y, Z, this, this, and this, I could alienate a client that I have a 90% connection rate with other than this one thing. And I personally don't want to do that. Maybe you do. And that's okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, and that's where, when you were using the word, the word value values earlier, I was like, I think it's more tasteful because it's like the sentiment is there, whether you use the word, this is my political view or this, these are my values. Like yep. it's still the same. It's, it's your like ethos or your belief or whatever that you're like it, feeling or that you have. So it's like, just do it and like a cuter way and like kind of if you need or feel like absolutely you know just drawn to like share something just like make sure it feels more like a value rather than like a political opinion I think that would be but I think hand this comes back to each individual person because there are some people who that's their thing like, that's true 
And I, and I think that's where your self-awareness and your, like, you have to do you at the end of the day. And again, like, so maybe what we're learning here is somebody who puts that, that sort of like black or white out there, maybe that's not the person that you would necessarily connect with. And you're like, I, you're like, I would personally seek out somebody who's a little bit more subtle and that's That's true. But you know, maybe I would connect with somebody who's much more black and white. And I'd be like, no, good for you for putting that shit out there. Like not caring that you're alienating one portion of the population, right? Like they say your marketing, it should be divisive, right? You want to repel the people you don't want and you want to attract the people you do. And there is no faster and easier way to do that than, than something like that. But if you're more middle of the road and you're like, I can, I can have an intellectual conversation with either side. If we are talking politics are just the easy example here, if we are talking politics. So like, I don't really care. So I'm never going to blatantly come out and be like, Hey, black or white, this is what I feel because that's not a determining factor of if I like or don't like somebody, but for other people it is. That's true. And that, that could be your whole like business shtick too I mean that you know what I mean like roll yeah. with that if that's truly something that you feel passionate about also it's like sometimes things that we don't even think are divisive uh, other people like everything's up for debate it's even like pit bulls like some people are like those are like so terrible pet. yeah and so like I don't I forget sometimes that like my beloved dog is something that somebody else is is going to like turn around and walk away and not be interested in me because that, and that's like, I'm, I'm good with that. Also, I'm like totally aware that like some pit bulls are monsters at just like every other type of dog has bad dogs. Like, so I think, yeah, you are absolutely right. Just safest bet is just to be you and like, but also like, be willing to commit to that too like if you have a political view that you're just like taking someone else's word on or you really don't feel that like passionate about like then don't post it but if it's something I guess that that's the hill you want to die on like go ahead and like people will find you that you know agree with that um but yeah just don't be wishy-washy about it I guess yeah I agree also just knowing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Really I, think, I think that's, that's the most important. That's what this all kind of, I agree. Back to as well. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Chance just tried to call me. So I'm, if something went funky, it was, it was me. No, you're okay. I think that that's what this kind of all circles back to too is touching back on the, any type of scarcity mindset or any type of, <clears throat> type of victim mindset, I think that um, that, from my experience, comes from a place where I either don't know myself, don't love myself, and respect myself enough to, I don't know, there's, I, for lack of a better way to say it, to like, to stick up for myself and to take up space yeah in a way that I don't like apologize for that I don't think I'm lesser than and I think it for me a lot of it getting over a scarcity mindset or or being a victim came back to those types of things like I'm very worthy of love of money of friendship of all the good things in the world but like I didn't always feel worthy so I think until you dig deep and figure out, okay, like, do I genuinely think that I deserve good things and happiness and wealth and, uh, you know, all the wonderful things life has to offer? And if I don't actually, like, think, like, I deserve that, why don't I believe that I deserve that? Right. Right. And so – and mine was mine was, like, a little – so mine was a little different because Han, like I grew up with a little bit of a different stance on like money mindset. And I still have like, you know, there are still things that I had to work through surrounding money mindset, but that wasn't, I never felt I didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? So that was something that 
I feel like I didn't have to work through or overcome. But the thing that I always come back to when I find myself slipping back into that, like, well, oh my gosh, I'm watching what she's doing and it's similar. And like, it's making me insecure or question myself, right? This is where coming back to, but, but she isn't me and coming back to the awareness of it's all self-awareness and it's learning how to be comfortable with yourself, comfortable with the service you're providing. And maybe that's where your insecurity is coming from. You know, there are holes that, that you could be doing things better in, right? Or there are things inside of your business that, well, okay, maybe I'm not coloring my clients' wefts every time they're coming in, but I'm still charging a lot of money. And that makes me feel insecure because I know the girl down the street is doing that. And her clients are really happy where I have clients coming back. Like my extensions don't blend. So those are the type of things you have to consider. Maybe there are areas you need to grow inside of your business that are helping you feel insecure or feel like they're quote unquote better than you or your competition is crushing you because there are skill set things you need to work on. The other thing is that self-awareness and knowing who you're talking to. So many of your problems inside of your business come back to who your ideal client is. And when you know that person almost as well as you know yourself, which, spoiler alert, your ideal client is usually some version of yourself, a past, a present, or a future version. So when you know that person, you know yourself. And it makes... Every single thing, it gives you a confidence because you know who you're talking to and you know you're going to connect who you're meant to connect with who you're meant to connect with. And you know you're not going to connect with who you're not meant to connect with. And that gives you this sense of peace that no matter what that girl's business down the street looks like, she's winning because she's doing her thing and she's staying in her lane and she is talking to the people that are attracting to her. Hannah and I have talked about this before. We could both sit down, have word for word the same Instagram posts, the same kind of stories, the same XYZ, but those of you listening would feel more connected to Hannah because of who she is, how she would say something, or how how animated she would be when she communicates something you'd be more connected to her than you would be to me. There are probably You're probably listening now and some of you like Hannah better than you like me or vice versa. And that's because you feel more drawn to one of us than the other. And that's okay. That's what you want. But I think until you really start learning how to love yourself, how to accept yourself and how to become your own cheerleader and become confident in your choices and to trust yourself until that happens you are always going to struggle with looking at everybody else as your competition and you're always going to struggle within a scarcity mindset amen sister amen there's a lot of there's a lot of um reparenting our our own inner child I think that we want to skip over sometimes and I tried to skip it, skip over it for years. And I ended up in the same place until I circled back around and kind of learned what that meant. Uh Reparenting your inner child. If you, um, you know, like we were saying, if you were raised by, by parents or by um, people who, for whatever reason, didn't have a super healthy outlook on life that was passed on to you. But Mm -hmm. the cool thing is, is that you can, you can reprogram that. And I I think that's a, honestly a good starting place for a lot of people because it's like, how do you, you know, you can't undo scarcity mindset one little tiny thread at a time, you know, you kind of got to go like, 
pretty far back and, and truly learn to, like you said, become your own cheerleader. And I think for me, that was when I was like, Ooh, I need to make sure I feel safe. I feel, um, I feel happy to be me, you know? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it funny how every conversation we have now, I feel like it all just like, it's all like the same jumbled, like not jumbled, but it's all like the same like soup yep. recipe. <laughs> it's like, it comes today back we're making, to the same thing. Yeah. It's like today we're making chili today. We're making vegetable soup today. We're making chicken noodle soup, but I'm like, yeah, but it's all still soup. There's only like, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think it speaks hand to like what we have gone through in our journeys and what we have realized has actually made the difference in our business. We say in coaching all the time, it's not business isn't about business. It's about your personal development and your yourself. Like you're only going to get yourself as far as you can with what you have been taught up until the point in your life that you're at now. And that version of yourself is not going to take you to the next place. Who you are right now is not going to take you to the next place you you are desiring to go. You have to let go of something and you are going to have to step into something new. So you might have to let go of a belief or a mindset or a person or uh, a habit or, or something before the next door is going to open. And then as that door opens, you're going to realize there is now something new I have to learn and I have to grow into to be able to continue this forward. And this cycle is going to repeat over and over and over and over until you die. Literally. Yeah. It really is. It's you're absolutely, absolutely right. And I think, a good, sorry, I did not mean to cut you off, but I literally, no. everyone's like, I've just never been scared of talking about death. It's like kind of scary that I feel that way. But I always think if something's really hard for me to let go of or to step into or to change, I will ask myself very seriously, like if I'm laying on my deathbed in one year or in 40 years, will this matter at all? Will I care? Will I? No. No. And then I just move on. (laughs) Like you really have to realize it's going to end for all of us. Life is so short and sweet. And what are you doing? Like you just keep it moving. Yeah. No one cares, but you, no one cares, but you You know, like, yeah, it's, um, and sometimes too, like you were saying to uh, to kind of tag on to what you're saying about letting things go sometimes too you have to trust and grasp on to something new and like blindly walk into something that you aren't sure about but is in the right direction along with letting go of something or even if you if you've let go of a lot already like personally like I made a ton of space because I trusted kind of the direction things were going in my business. And I was like, okay, there's space, there's space, there's time, there's space. And then something found me, Mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, is this it? And it's like, I have to trust and am trusting that what I'm walking towards is the, I know it's the right direction because the way it feels, but it's like, I don't have to let go of anything right this second because I did all that. But yep. that was so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Know, yeah. To make all that space. But you just have to trust that if you make space and let go of things, let go of your haircut clients, let go of men's cuts, let go of a uh, uh, suite that you don't like being in, leave a salon that you don't like being in. It's going to suck. And you're going to feel like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> but like, if you sit in that for just long enough, what's next will appear. Always. Without a doubt. Always. And it's so rewarding when it happens. You're like, ha ha. It's like, I did it. Yes. <laughs> like unlocks the, you're like, I knew I could just wait 
a little bit longer and it's always better. It's always better. And it's the most rewarding thing you will do because you'll also, as you go down this journey, you'll realize that the thing that you're striving for. So if right now you're striving to build an extension only business or you're striving to make a certain amount of money or you're striving to do X, Y, Z, the accomplishment, especially your first big goal, you think, I do think there comes something with that first big goal that you're like, I did it. And you are so proud of yourself. But when you reflect back on it, as you start accomplishing more and more and crossing those things off of your list, you realize that what it took to get you from A to B, that in-between space, that is where you grew the most and that was where you learned the most about yourself. And that is the thing that you start craving and chasing. It's not about what you accomplish. It's about who you become in the process of accomplishing it. You're really getting good at this. What You think so? Yeah. Wow, Annie, thank you. I mean, honestly, it's really great. Well, I think you're really great. I really love this episode. I think I'm going to come back and listen to it because I think I needed to hear it. I know. I know. Sometimes it's like we forget how far we've come. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And we forget, like, I don't know about you. I've been in this, I've been in the in-between right now and it's been so uncomfortable and it's been so hard and I had a little minty bee the other day, a little solid cry on my way to work and mm. Chance had to just talk me through it. And there were things that like I shared with him and said that I wasn't even aware that I was struggling with or feeling. Mm. And it was so, I was like, I know I'm right where I'm supposed to be, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but it was, I needed I had to let, I just verbally had to let a few things out and let a few things go um, before I could move on with, with the things that I want to do. But it was like, I needed that moment for myself and I needed to voice it out loud, I think, especially to him. So it was really powerful. It was really cool. And it's been amazing what has just already fallen into place so far you know what I mean just from that yeah absolutely sometimes you just have to like it's like just yeah you just have to say it out loud and be like okay I'm confirming that this is what's really happening I'm not scared of it it's what's happening but also it sucks or it's scary or whatever and then you're like okay I I can oddly deal with it better now that I just said it yep it becomes less scary when you say it out loud or you write it down when you face it. Yeah. It's almost like flipping the lights on when it's dark. It's like, okay, I see what's going on here. And yeah, yeah I'm, it's, I, it's not great, but I know what's happening. Yep. <laughs> I feel like to wrap this up, I feel like I, I Hannah, you sound like you just went underwater. Oh, sorry. Is that better? Yeah, I think my finger, I think my pinky was covering the microphone. <laughs> I feel like when, when we're doing something scary or when we're like in a transition place and our life or business or whatever, I feel like it feels like being thrown into the deep end of the pool and we're like, okay, I know I'm not going to drown, but it kind of feels like I might. And, you know, you're just like shocked and scared. My place right now in life, I've, I was in the deep end, uh-huh. struggling. I've officially swam over to the edge and I have maybe a couple toes, you know, that awkward, like climbing out of the pool thing where you get yep. your one foot up. I have like one foot up on the concrete and I'm like, it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. That's, I you know, that's the picture I just, that just came to me when, when you were talking, I was like, Ooh, we're all just trying to swim to the next edge we can find and get out of that deep end. Yeah. It's hard. But then somebody's going to push me back into the deep end again. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, it's a cycle. Yep. Like you just, it have, is. you just have to be okay with it. 
you have to be okay with it and you almost have to learn how to embrace it. And it's gotten a lot easier over the years as like hard things show up or scary things show up or uncomfortable things. It's like, okay, this usually means I'm on the right track. So how can I embrace this? How can I lean into it? Even though it sucks. Yeah. It's, but it's like knowing that it's coming, I think is what is what you start to learn it's like you just keep your swimsuit on then you know totally instead of like drying off and being like oh so glad that was over never want to do you know what I mean it's just like well just stay ready I guess stay ready stay ready Freddie um well this was lovely this was really fun I am I'm actually going to a water park now so maybe that's why I was thinking about the pool oh that sounds I can't decide if that sounds fun or terrible. I really can't either. I'm going to choose to have a good attitude about it. Okay. Mikey's been asking me to. Um, yeah. If it's for Mikey, it's fun. Yeah. Just a little Mikey mom action today and my sister and her boys. So it'll be fun. Oh, I absolutely fun. do. I do not do the free falling slide though. Just, just to put that out there. No, you can't. That's yeah, I, I'll do like the lazy river. So. Love that for you. We'll have so much fun. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And you have a great rest of the day. And we love you guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.